The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Part of the Problem. I am Dave Smith. He is Rob the Fire Bernstein. And we are, you know, part of the problem, as we have been for many years. But we'll be taking our part of the problemness on the road. So come check us out. We're going all over the place, aren't we, Rob? We're in, uh, what do we got next? You gave me a Christmas gift of all Christmas gifts. What's Salt that? Lake City in February. Ooh, I get to yeah. ski. Oh, my God. I would have never made my way out there. That's, that's right. That's well, huge. first... First, uh, uh, we're going to Houston, Texas, uh, then Salt Lake City, um, Chicago, uh, St. Louis. We're going all over the place. ComicDaveSmith.com. Go there to get tickets. But yeah, we'll be coming all over the place. Our uh, 2024 It's Been Nice Knowing You America tour is, uh, <laughs> is coming all over. Man, get so, LVMP uh, to make that post. That's pretty good. That's not bad, right? Um, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. So anyway, that, uh, we'll be doing a whole bunch of stuff. Please come out and see me and Rob. It's always a fun time. And then of course, go to RobbieTheFire.com for all Rob's solo headlining gigs. Um, okay. So we've, uh, you know, a lot going on in the world and we've got a few weeks still till the, uh, the South Carolina primaries. Um, of course there is, a, a war, uh, raging on right now. We're still not quite sure, what uh, Joe Biden is going to do. He has announced that there will be a, a devastating response to the Iranian-backed militias, which basically means any Shiite with a rifle. Um, and uh, so we're we're still kind of waiting on what's going to be next on that. There were a few things that uh, caught my eye um, that I wanted to talk about on the show today, just things that have been going on in the news, one of which was that uh, um, Bill Maher had Adam Schiff on his uh, most recent episode, Adam Schiff, if you uh, in case you've forgotten, because there's been a lot going on the last few years. But uh, Adam Schiff was the head of the Senate in, or excuse me, the uh, the House Intelligence Committee um, during Russiagate. And he was known for constantly coming on the news and telling the American people that he had seen the evidence that proved 
that Donald Trump was involved in a conspiracy with Russia. This was one of the major things that kept the Russiagate hoax going for all of 2017, 2018, and into 2019 was that, you know, Rob, like even if you've never seen any evidence and even if the corporate press and the political class have never presented any evidence, it is to normie America, at least to normie Democrat America, if you go, well, here, I got the uh, the head of the House Intelligence Committee right here on the record telling me he's seen the evidence. And so that's good enough, right? I already said, a- not only did I see the evidence, I even shared it with my Chinese girlfriend. <laughs> that's how <laughs> that's how physical the evidence was. <laughs> well, it's uh, but it is enough for most people to go like, okay, well, yeah, I haven't seen all the stuff, but that's because it's classified. But the guy who's seen all the stuff, he's telling me all the stuff's there. And then, of course, when the Mueller and guest, uh, investigation concluded... And when it was revealed that the uh, the evidence that Donald Trump was involved in a conspiracy with the Russians was uh, non-existent, he just kept going on with his life. And it's amazing. It's it's one of the things, and you talk about this a lot, Rob. When it's one of the things that's uh, uh, right at the core of the failure of our government is that there's like no mechanism by which anyone is held accountable. Um, But that's not just a failure of government. It's also a failure of people in the media and people like Bill Maher, who I I just can't imagine, like, how could you how could you go on a show and be that guy and not be like, all right, well, you're going to get a grilling over that because what is it here, sir? Did you lie? Here's the range of possible answers. You were lying through your teeth. You trusted someone who was lying through their teeth. That's about it. Those are basically the possibilities. You were sitting here saying, and and by the way, you said you saw the evidence. So the possibilities range from somebody showed you fake evidence to the more likely answer, which is that you never saw any evidence and you lied through your teeth and told the American people you had seen evidence, the evidence that was a lie that not only was undermining the commander in chief at the time, but a lie that undermined them to the level of making you believe they were not really the commander in chief. That in fact, the biggest scandal in American history was going on right now, that a hostile foreign power had usurped our democratic process and installed his own puppet. That's what you were claiming and you had nothing to back it up. So of course, Bill Maher doesn't ask about this at all. The the honest interview question is the Democrats, they hate Donald Trump so much. They don't feel like they need to play fair. It doesn't matter if we got to weaponize the judicial system. doesn't matter how much we have to cheat and rig this game. We have to get rid of Donald Trump because he's the, uh, he's the flaw in democracy that people will vote for him. So if we can remove that flaw from our democracy, we can get back to our good, honest government. It's a very George W. Bush. We have to abandon the free market to save the free market type of attitude. We must abandon democracy in order to save democracy is the Democrats 2024 slogan. So the honest question, if you were doing a real interview is last time you played your part brilliantly of lying through your teeth to the American people to drum up this Russia collusion story. What part are you going to play next? What other (laughs) tricks do you have up your sleeve to get out there and dishonestly sell to the American public to make sure that Donald Trump's not coming back? That would be the honest interview. Donald Trump incited an insurrection. I've seen the the evidence. (laughs) I've seen it. 
You can't see it yet, but I'm telling you, I've seen it. That's for sure. Yeah, there's other um, angles on the January 6th tape. The reason that they're not releasing it is because it's the actual video of Donald Trump sitting down with these individuals and telling them they got to get into the Capitol. They got to claim I mean, the building. You're, when you're lying, you're really bound by nothing. You should be like, Donald Trump was there. And I have seen the video of him giving Nancy Pelosi a stone cold stunner. He did, the the rock, he, he did the rock bottom. <laughs> really, it was insane. That would actually be a great sketch. I might even film this, the, the Donald Trump January 6th plan, which is like <laughs> everyone go into the building, take over the building, and then part three is just left blank. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, we'll take it from there. I don't know. We'll come to me. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that doesn't seem far off from the actual plan. All right, guys, let's take a quick second so I can ask you a question. Do you want to start earning a yield in gold, paid in gold? Of course you do. The Fed can't mess with that. And that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor for today's show, which is Monetary Metals. Monetary Metals is offering a real solution to the inflation issue and the constant currency debasement by paying interest on gold paid in gold. They are revolutionizing the finance space by letting you opt out of dollar interest rates completely. Now you can opt out of the Fed system by having your gold earn income denominated in ounces every month. The interest rates from monetary metals are all denominated in gold and aren't affected by the actions of the Federal Reserve. While owning gold has protected your wealth in the past, until monetary metals, there's been no way to grow it. Now with monetary metals, you can grow your wealth in ounces every month and see your wealth compound in an interest rate that is set in a free market by gold owners and gold borrowers. Monetary metals lets you get on a sound money standard and makes it profitable to decrease your exposure to the actions of the Fed. This means no more worrying about dollar interest rate swings or how much the dollar loses value over time. Now you can get your own personal gold standard and end the Fed's grip on your savings one ounce of gold at a time. Would you rather earn 5% on dollars or 5% on gold? If the answer is obvious, then head over to monetary-metals.com slash P-O-T-P to see how you can start earning a yield on gold paid in gold. Once again, that's monetary-metals.com slash P-O-T-P. All right, let's get back into the show. Um, okay, so anyway, Schiff was not asked about this, and he didn't have to answer any tough questions about this. But don't you worry. He was stupid in other ways. And uh, there were some funny clips. It's it's just something, Um, I don't know, it's been a major theme that I've kind of been on lately. Uh, and I, I've talked about this since there was that gray zone piece where all the congressmen were confronted with the, how do you feel about Netanyahu's stated goal of propping up Hamas? And they all to a man go, I'm not, I'm unfamiliar with that report. And you just realize how it's just unbelievable. Like, you know how unimpressive these political leaders are, but you know, when you really see the depths of it, it's something. And isn't it something to go like, what do you, you have like, you know, what what is it? Four hundred something, you know, members of the House of Representatives, and uh, or five hundred something members, uh, and uh, um, you know, a hundred senators or whatever. And you would just think that out of a country of three hundred million plus people, well, those people would obviously all be very, very impressive people. But no, not at all. Turns out that's not really how democratic uh, uh, forces work. Um, okay. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's check out a little bit of Schiff, who was, of course, joined by uh, Seth MacFarlane um, and uh, Bill Maher on Real Time with Bill Maher. Things the president is doing now, uh, which we really haven't done in the last year, is lean into this issue, uh, take ownership of this issue, and make the case for why 
what Democrats are offering. Well, because, you know, Bill, I think what the party has done, which is a mistake, is take the view that, you know, when we're talking about immigration, that's, that's the issue is, that's favorable to them. We want to talk about the issues that are favorable to us. That's a very common political strategy. But it's not working. Uh, we have to lean into this. The president today is leaning into this. He is calling out the Republicans for killing well, a potential bipartisan there is a, deal. Right. There's a good bill. And Trump has pressured all the Republicans into killing it because he wants it as an issue, which is amazing <coughs> that he wants it as an issue because he's the one who said, I'm going to build the wall and then didn't. Yeah. And now he's running on, I'm going to do what I didn't do before. <laughs> that, you know, that, that's, that's a politician. You know, that's, Nixon uh, did that with, the Viet, with Vietnam. Nixon ran in 1968 on, I'm going to end the Vietnam War, and didn't. In 1972, he ran on, I'm going to end the Vietnam War. I, I, that's not a politician. That's a grifter uh, in Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, I, I, I give him credit for this. This is a guy who ran for president on a platform that Mexico was going to build a wall and pay for it. Uh, an absurd promise. Mexico, of course, doesn't build a wall and pay for it. Uh, so his cronies raise money from his own supporters to build a wall, and then they steal it. Right. And he pardons them for stealing from his own people. <laughs> uh, and they still support him. You have to be a great you gotta get over, you got to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And that's not going to win you the election. Okay. I do. Uh, okay, so that's One the clip there. I do like how Bill Maher at least has the common sense at the end to just be like, yeah, 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 you're right about that. And they're stupid for supporting Donald Trump. But we probably shouldn't be saying that because that's not a winning argument. And like, let's break some of this down. Like, why exactly is that not a winning argument? Because it's pretty obvious. Look, by the way, I don't like I don't know the details of the whole Bannon thing where they were raising money and then supposedly just taking it and spending it. I'll just operate under the assumption that that's all true, but I'm just saying with the caveat of like, do your own research on that. I don't really, I, I remember reading a little bit about it at the time, but I don't really remember that well. Um, I find that stuff to be not as important as the stuff that I focus on. But um, let's say, I don't think me and you, Rob, would particularly disagree with some of the things said there. Um, it's what's not said there which is why this is such a political loser. But so what they are saying is essentially like, hey, Donald Trump promised to build this wall and he didn't. He didn't get that done. And he did say, I mean, he didn't say Mexico was going to build the wall as was said there. He said that we were going to build the wall and Mexico was going to pay for it. Um, I don't think, I, I certainly never took that to literally mean that Mexico was going to say, okay, what did that wall cost? We'll write you a check. For that, I think he was saying that like one way or the other, like they'll end up bearing the costs of this, um, probably some silly economic plan of tariffs or something like that. Um, but I do think it's a fair criticism of Donald Trump and one that we've leveled at him several times that he didn't keep a lot of his campaign promises. A lot of that is because he appointed the worst possible people uh, in order to do that. But so, OK, so fair enough. Donald Trump was elected to build a wall. He promised to build a wall. We didn't get that. I mean, I guess we got some wall, which he brags about now. Like he brags about the amount of wall that was up. But I don't know. I were I was paying pretty close attention in 2016, and I don't remember him promising some wall. <laughs> right. Uh, so while that may be true, why is this such a loser for Democrats? And I love how this entire other half of the conversation never even comes up. 
And then somehow it does. It reminds me um, of when uh, the Biden administration was uh, saying they had career Jean-Pierre saying that uh, no school closures happened under Biden. They all happened under Trump. And like, okay, but it is, it is, there are few impossible feats in politics, but one of them has got to be that it's like, look, you can't criticize Donald Trump from the right now. Like you can't be there and say, oh, well, there were school closures under Donald Trump. It's like, okay, we can criticize him for that. But you guys were criticizing him at the time for not having more. So you can't go back and say that, like, that's just too out there, even for the American people who can be fooled by quite a lot. But so what they're leaving out there is that it's almost as if we're just here to conclude that, oh, oh, yeah, we've all accepted that building a wall is a good policy and that that's what we should be doing. But here's what I'm going to criticize Donald Trump for. Uh, He said he was going to do it and then never did it. You're like, wait a minute. There's in order to make this criticism, you would first at least have to have a moment where you go, oh, yeah. And by the way, he was right on his central campaign issue, which was our at least publicly stated central beef with the guy. The thing that we demonized him as a Nazi for. I'm now criticizing him for not following through on that. This would this this would be like if, if you were. You were like criticizing in some alternative universe Adolf Hitler for never following through on the Holocaust. I mean, he ran on the Holocaust and said it wouldn't cost us nothing, and he never ended up doing it. It's like, wait a minute. How did you race over here to this side of him? He was like, like how, Rob, I mean, this is why I say there are some tasks in politics that are just impossible, and I'm sorry, but it's going to be impossible for the Democrats to race over yada yada away the oh he was right about the biggest thing and we were wrong about that and then just criticize him for not getting it done and look joe biden is really serious about doing something for about this after the problem's been made so much worse than it ever was and coincidentally in an election year with the backdrop of even democratic mayors of sanctuary cities saying this is destroying our city that we're just going to yada yada all the like he was right we were wrong and just move over here to the right of Donald Trump and we're the real real border hawks and look he didn't keep his promise this is just and and essentially and then the conclusion is oh and Donald Trump's voters are so stupid for voting for him for this promise that he didn't keep and i got to say there's I don't know how much Bill Maher like consciously is aware of everything I just said, but you know, it's got to be on some level that that's part of the reason why he goes, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you should really just stop with this. Cause this is a political loser. Like just don't even, I, everything you just said just reeks of like, ah, but how could you, how could you possibly like, how could this be your formula? And one element of that formula isn't like a, and uh, we owe him a huge apology because he was right and we were wrong. But, uh, you know, now we're serious about it, but he's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, they fought him every step of the way on the wall. Not to mention the fact he purchased more wall that could have been put up that Biden actually paid storage fees on and then right. sold off before he'd have to put up. Like, it seems uh, as the story unravels that Biden has done everything he can to try and get as many people over the border as possible. And if you go back, by the way, part of the whole Russia collusion thing 
was a preventative was to keep Trump from being able to do what he was elected to do. His first two years of being in office were kind of just flat tired by the Russia collusion story that Adam Schiff put together. And uh, I think he was trying to get more money for the wall and they kind of just didn't fund it. From what I remember, I mean, this is already years ago, but they might as well go, hey, that was Donald Trump's vaccine. And uh, he's the one that forced you guys all to get it. Uh, You know, we were we've been pro medical freedom the whole time. And so, you know, if you've got a problem with the fact that we shut down (laughs) your your job and we didn't let people go to school, remember, that was all Donald Trump's administration. It is it is on that level. It's on the level of with no apology and no acknowledgement saying something like, well, hey, look, that vaccine that didn't work at all the way we said it was going to work. Donald Trump made that. And, you know. Like, that's just, uh, look, dude, people got injured from this vaccine. And that's Donald Trump's vaccine that people got injured from. And you're like, <laughs> but you mandated it. You demonized everybody who wouldn't take the thing. Um, And so there's just no way to race back to the other side of that. And to not go, it's not just that they said Donald Trump was a Nazi or that they brought up over and over again. the the He says Mexicans are rapists. You remember when they twist that, that he was like, Mexico's not sending their best. They're rapists. They're this. Some, I'm sure, are good people. And they did that. He claimed Mexicans are rapists. and that. But then, I mean, the kids in cages stuff, the, the, the just unbelievable, um, you know, vicious demonizing of the position of being a border hawk, which I just don't, you know, however you feel about it, I just don't, uh, I don't think that's fair. And I never thought that was fair or right. Um, even when I wasn't as, I'm more of a border hawk these days than I've ever been. Um, and I think that's, I mean, I, I think that's reasonable. I think, I, I believe immigration is largely kind of a situational thing. Like if you, you know what I mean? Like, I think if you were in the position of say the United States of America in, I don't know, the late 1800s where you're still basically like, you know, the West of your country is still basically like a frontier and you're still having people go and homestead new land. And you're in the cities, you're going through, say, like the industrial revolution. And then later you're in a situation where you have all these factories and you need people to man the factories and work them. And you're trying to build up like a great nation. Then it makes sense in that environment. And you have no welfare state, you know, like there's a lot of different things involved. It makes sense in that environment to have kind of like a, an easy immigration system. And I think that when you're having hundreds of thousands of uh, illegal immigrants pouring in every month, uh, when you already take in more legal immigrants than anyone else in the world, and you're having, you know, let's just say you have a giant welfare state and you have a, uh, not, let's say an unhealthy culture at the moment, then it totally makes sense to really drastically slow immigration down. And I don't think that, you know, whatever, I've talked about this a lot before, but I don't think there's like a natural right of anybody to come to another country. I don't think any other country owes me entry into their country. I don't own that country. I don't own any of the property there. I haven't been forced to pay property taxes or income taxes or whatever into the system. Um, I, I don't think that's a right. I may want them to let me in. And I think it's reasonable for immigrants to want to be let in, but it's not, something that's owed to you. You don't have a right to it. And so I do that anyway. um, This being said, this is why I was saying, I think it makes sense to be more of a border hawk than ever. But I always thought 
that it was it was totally unfair how demonized those people are. Like it, it's it's totally reasonable to demonize people who want to go attack other countries who have done nothing to us. But to just say that, like, no, we don't like we have a right to decide who comes in and who doesn't come into our country, I think is totally reasonable. And Donald Trump, of course, said this in the most brash Trumpian way, but him and his supporters were ruthlessly demonized by all of the most powerful people in America for this position. And now that it's become such a disaster under Joe Biden and that it's so unpopular now you're going to demonize Donald Trump for not getting done his harsh immigration policies. I just don't. I'm sorry, man. I don't know how the hell you pull that one off. And that's really what I think was at the heart of what Donald Trump was saying. It's like, I mean, of uh, what Bill Maher was saying that, you know, this is just I don't know how you politically pull this off. That's your big takeaway. Your big takeaway on being dead wrong on such an important issue let's not like downplay how important immigration is as an issue. You're talking about the United States of America, what the country is going to be. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's like, I don't think it's us being hyperbolic to say something like that. I mean, I don't, th- what's his name? Uh, the mayor of New York city said it's the end of New York city. If this keeps happening, that's what they're saying. And this is, and that applies to the United States of America as well. So you got the most, or I wouldn't say the most, but you got this very, very important issue completely wrong and demonize the people who got it right. And now you're just going to casually move over and say, yeah, I'm, I'm demonizing you now for not acting when you got it right and we got it wrong. If, and then uh, the other thing is that just pivoting to, and, and how are Donald Trump voters so stupid that they'd vote for him? Well, it's, it doesn't the, to ask the question is to answer the question, because at least he was saying the right thing on it. Well, all of you guys said he was a Nazi for saying it to read the tea leaves a little bit. Uh, the pivot, at least in terms of rhetoric from the Biden administration and from the Democrats, is that they're acknowledging that uh, I think they lost control over this one. I mm-hmm. think actually uh uh, the busing to the, you know, the, 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 the sanctuary cities was probably a smart political move that Democrats were forced to Genius. confront. Genius. The, uh, move. Yes. Yeah. They were really forced to confront the cost of this. And I think everyone got an education on, oh yeah, we don't just want an open border. Uh, and now they have to fully pivot and try and pretend like they were doing everything they can. The problem is all of the numbers. We all kind of know that this is a bigger mess now. So you've been in office for three years. You've had every opportunity to try and enact initiatives. Uh, They've got quite a track record of reforms that make it a lot easier to come into this country. Pardoning people. I'm reading a book now and it sounds like basically they try and process everyone out of the centers as quickly as possible because they just don't have room for them. Right. And so in a panic, they literally have nothing they can do. So they're just trying to move everyone along as quickly as possible. Uh, But just the point being, if if your pitch and I know that this is very uh, uh, autistic of me, but if your pitch is that your government govern. And so it's your job to decide what the policy is for immigration. And if for three entire years of your administration, you just totally fail to do so under the pretense that you don't have the authority or that we don't have the budget while you're spending infinite money on Ukraine wars that are unpopular. I don't know how you possibly pivot and switch this to we would have liked to have fixed this problem. Sure. We didn't talk about this as being a problem. We pretended like it wasn't a problem. We got in the way of the previous administration of doing it. And we spent money on everything else, but this is somebody else's fault. I don't know yeah. how you sell that. 
Well, it's, it's also just, um, look, there's, there's a lot there, right. But there's also just something where I don't know if, uh, if you've never read the United States constitution, which I've read a few times, um, it's something that you could read that document and that a president say like Joe Biden will just, uh, last week, uh, went on a bombing campaign against the Houthis The no congressional approval for that. He just decided he was going to do it and he did it. Okay. But so if you read the constitution and you're telling me, you think the president has the authority to unilaterally just conduct acts of war, but does not have the authority to protect our borders. Show me, just show me how you're getting that out of that document. I mean, it's so goofy. and The constitution specifically says the president does not have the authority to wage war that only Congress can declare the war. He doesn't get congressional approval at all. Not even one of these, you know, military authorization acts or something like that. Nothing just does it. But yet he doesn't believe he has the authority to go do that. Give me a break. Right. There's and just all, no, there's no question about that. And if you want to talk about a risk for national security, tell me how these wars are making us safer than millions of people pouring over the southern border. Yeah. Really. And we know that a lot of them are not from South America. There's yeah, been right. incidents of uh, like, uh, I mean, there's documented inter- in, uh, incidents of this point of people. I mean, terrorist is a loose term like that could be someone who totally wasn't. But for some reasons sure. on a list and, you know, in me a different you, era, you both fit the description, I'm sure. Right. But I guess there are people who are on lists as people of interest or people or what they call terrorists. I don't know if that's just yeah. a guy who in a different era would have sat in Gitmo for no reason. Um, but if we already know, like, I think for they say for every single person that they apprehend, there's another three people that just cross. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we have any documentation while they're trying to cover their tracks of known terrorists crossing the border, think about how many potentially dangerous individuals have actually come across. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely right. And there's no question, maybe not terrorism, but there has there have been tons of criminals who have come on fentanyl. I mean, that's an absolute. And if you look at the death numbers from fentanyl, uh, like weighed against uh, even covid or I guess the Twin Towers being taken out, you're looking at drastic. What is it like 100,000 deaths a year or something something like 100,000 a year? And the difference, of course, between fentanyl and covid is that and, and, you know, that's not to say that we shouldn't care about all of them, but. COVID was killing people who were on death's door already. Whereas fentanyl is just going after people that just like the party. Just, yeah. This what is an going, asshole. Fentanyl is killing the <laughs> coolest amongst us. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. Okay. Um, now, the other point I just wanted to make to re hammer home what you were saying, I, mean, I guess it's just to, to hammer home the point rather than to make a new point. But again, the reason why this is so politically untenable is that. Again, you can count on people to not be super well-informed, but, you know, you just can't count on this level. I mean, it's like if if Joe Biden, let's say, is running his reelection campaign and he says, which I, I believe he's said a few times now, that he's for like the decriminalization of marijuana. Now, there might be someone like me who's like a political junkie who would be like, dude, in the 80s, uh, Joe Biden challenged Ronald Reagan from his right and said he was too soft on crime. He partnered with Strom Thurmond and they were criticizing Ronald Reagan for not throwing enough people in jail for pot. And then Joe Biden was one of the authors of the, the 94 crime bill that led to this huge influx. And, you know, like, like what a hypocrite his whole career he spent being like a, a marijuana hawk. And now he's going to act like, okay, but 
it's totally reasonable that a lot of Democratic voters would be like, dude, I don't remember what happened in the goddamn 90s or 80s. Like, what are you talking about? 30, 40 years ago, he was on this side and now he's over here. Like, I don't know, whatever. That's that that's doable. Like he can get over to the other side of that issue, politically speaking, if he wants to. <clears throat> but this is like when Fauci came out in 2023 and said he never recommended locking anything down. And you're just like, nah, dude, sorry. No one's going to forget that. Like no matter how uninformed or how much someone's not really closely paying attention. I everyone said that. Knows. I yeah, would never like, say that. Closed. Dude, dur- during the biggest moment in like modern American history, you were the guy that everyone on TV said, now let's hear from the expert. He's going to tell us what to do. And at every single stage, you favored lockdowns. And like, my, my God, I mean, the video compilations, I'm sure you've seen some of Rob that come out of him saying what he says now and then just flash back to like a year earlier. And come on. And, and this likewise, I don't care anybody like Think of anyone you work with, you know, and I mean, who's not like in our political world. I mean, think of like the a comic, you know, who's not very political. Think of a a waitress who works at a comedy club or any anyone. Right. Every single one of them, 100 percent of them know that Donald Trump wanted to build a wall and crack down on immigration. And the Democrats criticized him because they said that was evil. Everybody knows that you can't possibly erase that from the imagination because it was like the biggest thing. That was like the whole thing with Donald Trump. Now, obviously, the reason why guys like uh, this and why the CIA and the, the FBI and all these people, the reason they hate Donald Trump is not simply because he was for border security. There's a lot more to it than that. But the thing that they weaponized to convince left wingers to hate Donald Trump with them was this policy. Like, forget about what the actual, like, um, implementation of policy is if you're just talking about what they were running on and what they were using to make left-wingers hate donald trump it was immigration it was separating children from their families oh my god all this horrible shit and that's one of the major problems um in general with immigration is that it's a very look it's really good to have humanitarian impulses and in fact if you don't have those you're going to be in a very ugly society So you really want to have those, but man, they can be weaponized. And that's one of the biggest issues that, that we have to deal with is that the the weaponization of empathy, uh, it's something that the left really plays on. Um, and they're very good at doing it. And if you're a decent person at all, it's hard for it to not have some effect on you. And it's like, it's horrible that, you know, the, the idea of turning people away from coming into this country, and these are people who have had very, very difficult lives, and many of them, I'm sure, are just want to come and give their family a better life and work hard and stuff, and that's tough. That's tough to turn them away. But you do have to make grown-up decisions when it comes to these things, and sometimes that involves some really harsh things. The example I, I use a lot is like if 20 homeless people showed up to my house, and said, can we please come stay here? I know you have extra room, which I do. Like, you've been in my house, Rob. I have a lot of extra room. I could, like, logistically, I could house a good amount of people in this house. But I'm not going to let them in because this is for my family. And that puts my family's security in jeopardy. And I'm simply not going to do that. That's my most important priority. And, like, that's harsh. And it's 
you could easily weaponize that and be like, man, you really don't care about these people. They're going to go sleep in the street or something like that. You know what I mean? And like the, the proper thing I think is to like, no, I'm not saying I don't care about them at all. I'm not saying I have no feeling for them. I'm just saying I can't do no, not in my house. I can't do that here. And I do think that's a similar attitude that the country has to have. And of course, anytime anyone's speaks of it at all like that, they get demonized. Like as if you're some evil person who doesn't care about this, but it's not going to help anyone any for us to allow our country to collapse. And like, that doesn't seem like a good plan. And of course, as you kind of alluded to earlier, there really has been, I mean, I, I like, I, it was my words, not yours, but I just think it's a, a, been a brilliant political stunt, which really is all it is. It's obviously not a real policy to solve anything, but it's a political stunt, but it's a brilliant one to bus these uh, immigrants into the blue cities who wanted to be sanctuary cities. It was a brilliant political stunt to send them to Martha's Vineyard because look at the conditions that it created. This is why Biden still hasn't fucking uh, torn down that fence and really forced the Texas uh, guys there to stand down, which he could. They're not going to have a direct violent confrontation with the federal government. Everyone knows you lose that fight. Um, but look, the optics of this, when you send these immigrants in comparatively very small numbers to say New York city. And then the mayor is saying, this is going to destroy New York city. The most powerful city in the world is going to be taken down by this. Well, then after that, what leg do you have to stand on to tell a border state what it can or can't do and what it needs to be accommodating of, or they have every, you think you have a problem. We're Texas. I don't know if you've seen where New York and Texas are on the map, but we have much more of a problem with Ill illegal immigration coming in through uh, Mexico. So that and then it's like they put Biden in the situation where what do you want to do, Biden? You want to come in here and force the government of Texas with these other 20 to 25 states that are at least in some way behind them. You want to force them to stand down so that there can be images of you cutting down a fence. I just think about the, the politics of that. It's like, okay, it's an election year. You go right ahead, sir. You come in here and bow your way in to cut down a fence while the immigration numbers are at this insane level. Okay, let's see you do that. And, you know, that attempt or this attempt to say, well, the real takeaway here is how dumb Donald Trump supporters are for supporting Donald Trump. All right. Good luck. Good luck with that one. I don't see it working. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Monthly Knife Club. Monthly Knife Club is the ultimate subscription box for knife enthusiasts, outdoor adventurers, and everyday carry enthusiasts. Every month, they've got you covered with a brand new high-quality name brand knife delivered right to your doorstep. They've partnered with renowned brands like Best Tech, Gerber, Kubi, Kaiser, Giant Mouse, and many more to ensure you receive the best. Their subscription box is the ideal gift for the man who's notoriously hard to shop for. It's the perfect Father's Day gift. With a variety of tiers to choose from, starting at just 25 bucks, you can experience the thrill of unboxing a top-notch name brand knife every month. So why wait? Join them today and elevate your knife game with the monthly Knife Club subscription box. As a special bonus, they are offering a 10% discount on your first month when you use the coupon code DAVE10, just their way of welcoming you to the Monthly Knife Club family and showing their appreciation for your support. So head over to monthlyknifeclub.com and make sure to use the coupon code DAVE10 for 10% off your first month. All right, let's get back into the show.
by the way, let's uh here, let's play that uh the Peter Ducey video that you sent me, Rob, because this is this is from a few days ago, but this this got right at the heart of kind of what we're talking about right now. Thanks, Green. First, uh, a whole high school in New York is having remote classes today because the building was needed to house people who came into this country illegally. So what is the president's priority in this case? Is it the migrants or is it the students? Just clear this up a little bit. Um, so yesterday, New York City informed us that as a precaution, as a precaution, uh, they would temporarily relocate migrants staying at Floyd Bennett Field to a nearby high school. As of this morning, all migrants have returned to the facility at Floyd Bennett Field. And so anything specific as to the program and what decided to do and all of the specifics to that, I would certainly refer you to New York City uh, for any additional questions. But if a working parent had to call out to stay home with their kid today, isn't this Biden immigration policy literally taking money out of people's pockets? I'm going to actually go back to your first question for a second because I think I do need to address that, which is, um, you know, when it comes to education, migrants, the economy, the president deals with multiple issues all at once. That is his job. There are multiple things happening all at once. And as it relates to this particular question that you're asking me about in New York City, that is something that New York City needs to answers to. That is a that is a process that they took, so they have to answer to that. Uh, and as it relates to migrants and what's happening at the border, look, the president has taken this issue very seriously, very seriously by making sure that on his first day, which is almost three years, it'll be a couple weeks, it'll be three years ago, they mm-hmm. came forward a comprehensive immigration uh, legislation to deal with what's happening with the immigration process, obviously, and also the border. And this is an issue that's been going on for decades. The system has been broken. All right, you can you can stop it there. I mean, that's basically essentially it. And like, what a political loser this is. I like, by the way, her first thing um, was when she's like, you know, the president deals with a lot of things. That's got to be the Joe Biden slogan. You know, <laughs> I, Joe Biden can walk and chew gum, not literally. Like, he can't actually walk and chew gum, but he's, trust me, when you don't see him struggling to walk without chewing gum, he's doing a lot of things. He's doing a lot. Okay. He's been in here for three years. It's like, yeah, and the problem is worse than ever. So I don't see how this is winning. But look, this is something that this really happened in New York City. They closed public school for a day, or not all school, but this school closed for a day because they needed the school to house the immigrants. And I don't know. I mean, look, is that this is the the point I was making where I know people I know. And by the way, I know there are autistic libertarians and I know some of you are listening to this right now. And believe me, I love you. And I know you can't accept human emotion, but trust me, I love you and I'm not knocking you. But I know that there are people out there who will, you know, make whatever argument, you know, they want to. If I when I use my example of homeless people coming up to my house and they'll be like, that's private property, not public property and blah, 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 is a rightful ownership and government is illegitimate and all of this. And believe me, I know this. I not only know this, I've taught this like I've no one knows libertarianism 101 better than me, or at least I'm tied for knowing it as well as anyone. Um, But that's this is why I think the example is actually not that far off. I'm not saying it's a perfect analogy, but I'm saying like it's worth thinking about is because this is the actual situation. This is real life, not theory. In real life, the decision is actually do we want our kids to have their school or do we want these immigrants? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm for, again, autistic libertarian. Don't lose me here. I also am for abolishing public school. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, These, the people who, the Americans who send their kids to these public schools, they've been forced to pay into that system, whether they like it or not. 
And then uh, this isn't like a, um, a calculated phasing out of the public sector. This is one day all of a sudden, sorry, we got no school. You got to figure out your plans for work. You know what I mean? So as, as Ducey pointed out, taking money out of the American people's hands because the priority here is housing people who came into this country illegally. That is insane. And no normal person is going to look at that and not be like, yeah, this is this is nuts. It's it's so rich for uh, Dookie to basically be pointing out, hey, listen, your policy has caused the following consequence. We have choices that we have to make here. And because you're dumping so many migrants into America, you're taking the following from American citizens. And for them to go, well, other people are responsible for that consequence. I know yeah. that New York City can't go down to the border and put up a wall. In fact, if they did, we'd probably pull it down and tell <laughs> them that they don't have the authority to do so. But our decision to process people in, you can't hold us accountable uh, for the consequence of resources being eaten up in these cities as opposed to going to the taxpayers that are supposed to receive it. Yeah, no, that's right. And and not even to say, oh, we disagree with that decision or something like that, you know, and I will say for well, it's it, always the bullshit of, well, it's not our intention to deprive the taxpayers. Yes, but there's a consequence to your actions. Right. And this is the natural consequence. Well, we never wanted that natural consequence. It's almost like if I if it's cold outside and I open up the door and I go, oh, I don't want this room to be cold. I just like the door to be open. Yeah, but it's fucking cold out there. That's the natural consequence. And you've decided to open up the door. Yeah, exactly. It's Joe Biden being like, uh, my policy is not a wider war. I don't want a wider war. I do, however, want to back Israel in their war on Gaza and keep lots of American troops in the region. And bomb like, random oh, okay. people. <laughs> yeah, okay. But this is the policy of opening the door when it's zero degrees outside and saying, look, I'm not trying to make the house cold. That's a great way to put it. It's like, okay, well, this is a result of that. So either be for this or don't. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Buy Optimizers. Do you know if you're getting enough magnesium? Because four out of five Americans are not. And that's a big problem because magnesium is involved in more than 300 biochemical reactions in your body. Today, I want to talk to you about the most common signs to look for that could indicate you're magnesium deficient. Listen carefully to the end because there's a special offer happening and this could be exactly what you need. So here we go. Are you irritable or anxious? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you experience muscle cramps or twitches? Do you have high blood pressure? Are you sometimes constipated? There are dozens of symptoms of magnesium deficiencies, but these are just a few of the most common ones. Now, here's what most people don't know. Taking just any magnesium supplement won't solve your problem because most supplements use the cheapest kinds that your body can't use or absorb. That's why you got to check out Magnesium Breakthrough. It's the only full-spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually use and absorb. All Bioptimizers supplements are the best in class. If for some reason you feel differently, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. They are so confident that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. Just go to buyoptimizers.com slash P-O-T-P. In addition to the discount you get by using promo code P-O-T-P, you get gifts with purchase up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough. Act fast. This is a limited time offer. So right now, go check them out. Buyoptimizers.com slash P-O-T-P. All right, let's get back into the show. Um, here, let's play. There was another clip that uh, um, I just just caught my eye on on Bill Maher's shows. Let's uh, let's play the second Bill Maher clip. A majority of women are uh, women are now a majority of associates in law firms. 
That just happened this week. So, I mean, I don't know. Now, uh, colleges, women are killing it over men. Also the workforce. Boardroom, I quoted this, like I think the last year I had stats for 46% of new board members were women. The place where it really goes downhill for CEO. That will still looks like 1980. Here, just pause it right Can here. I just say, though, that before, before you even hear this bullshit response, I do just love, I, I don't know, it's so ridiculous when people talk about this stuff. And there's so many, um, like, priors that they come to this conversation with that are so fundamentally flawed. So, like, you can already tell that Bill Maher is coming to this from the perspective of if the outcome is not equalized, then something wrong is happening, right? So it's like, okay, we're doing better with women in this position, in this position. The CEOs, it still looks like the 80s. So, and this is, first of all, the it's just faulty thinking to think that disparate outcomes imply any type of discrimination or fundamental flaw in a system. It does not. And, and there's obvious examples of this, but whether you're looking at the fact that the NBA is majority black, that does not indicate in any way, like just that data point does not indicate that whites are being mistreated somewhere. It doesn't indicate that at all. And in fact, that's not the case, right? It's just that like, okay, there happen to be more great black basketball players than there are great white basketball players, even though white people lar largely outnumber black people in this country. It's just, I don't know, they're better at it. You can have whatever conversation you want to about why that is, but that's just the truth. And there's a disproportionate amount of Irish firefighters, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong in the system. It's just like, I don't know, that was their tradition and they went into firefighting and that's why, I, I don't know. And like there's there's a disproportionate amount of men in prison compared to women, largely disproportionate amount. But that doesn't mean that the prison system is discriminating against men. It, in fact, like, no, there's another answer to that. And here's the answer is that men and women are different. Men have 12 times the amount of testosterone coursing through our bodies as women do. And, you know, that might have some impact on violent crime. Turns out. And so there's like. It, anyway, this is all just wrong, but to the point of like, oh, women are in the, are more in lots of other positions and we're supposed to take it for granted that that's good, which is not necessarily. Um, but the reason why, why aren't there more CEO women? I mean, if, if you're going to ask that question and not look at the fact that there are differences between men and women, then you're going to just be lost forever on it. Like, yeah, look. Being a CEO is more masculine than feminine. And that doesn't mean that there can't be any female CEOs. There are. And that doesn't mean they can't be really good at their job. But CEOs are, let's say, a tiny percentage of men. Most men aren't cut out to be CEOs. It's a very tiny, like, substrata of men who are, though, or, you know, like Fortune 500 CEOs or something like that. And that's like, it's a particularly like a group of like insanely driven, insanely talented, insanely laser focused men. And when you get up to that level where it requires that type of hyper masculine traits, the pool of people who qualify it for it are going to end up being wildly disproportionately men. And there's not anything wrong with that necessarily. 
in the same sense that it's like, it's not, if I look through like kindergarten teachers and I go, oh my God, they're wildly disproportionate women. This must mean there's discrimination against men somewhere. It's just like, I, no, you have to be incredibly nurturing to want to be a kindergarten teacher. And like that tends to be women. You know what I mean? Like that, that tends to be who you get in that field. So anyway, it's just whenever these conversations are brought up, the fact that you're like not allowed to point out the obvious elephant in the room, which is that we are different and, you know, we're more similar than we are different, but the differences still count. Um, so anyway, just wanted to point that out. But anyway, here's uh, Adam Schiff's uh, response to it, which is even worse. The place where it really goes downhill for CEO, that mm -hmm. looks, still looks like 1980. Can I just say, though, that uh, women still have to work far longer to make the same pay as men. Well, um, we, we don't have equal pay for equal work. That's not really true. Oh, it, there are reasons it, why there is a disparity. But like to say it like that is very misleading. I've done a deep dive on that. There are reasons why that the pick different fields, pregnancy, stuff like that. There are laws. You can't just not pay for something. Oh, you squat to pee. You don't get as much money. You, that, you can't do you can't do that. <laughs> That's I, against the law. It has been. Well, I, I, I disagree. You think, someone, you think I, someone is paid just because they're a woman? I think that paid, they're, well, I think okay. he's done I a deep dive into women. Trust him. I may not have binders of women. I may not have binders of women, but uh, right. But look, uh, women work just as hard, often much yeah. better, much smarter, and they don't get paid as well. Uh, and what's more, lots of women are kept out of the workforce, and this does contribute to the disequal pay because they can't afford childcare, uh, and they can't afford to join the workplace. And that's on us because we haven't made childcare affordable and accessible. That has to change. Mm -hmm. But but I I think we are far from an equal society at this point. Yeah, we are. We are not. All right. All right. Let's let's put it. Yes, we're far from an equal society. Whatever the hell that means. Equal, like the same. Like yes, we haven't made men and women the same type of dystopian nightmare would it be where men and women are the same? Ugh. I'd have to be married to Rob. That would just be my life. So after this podcast, I got to go upstairs and just deal with Rob. I'm like, I could really go for some lunch. And Rob's like, yeah, me too. I'm like, well, this sucks. Anyway. Uh, which, by the way, if there was no difference between men and women, I'd probably marry Rob. Um, but I'm just saying, like, it would make sense. We have a lot of shared interests. Um, look, First of all, I love that Bill Maher has done a deep dive on the wage gap. It's like, okay, yeah, all right, about time. Um, but you, look, the first thing there is just, and, and credit to Bill Maher for calling him out on it, it's just like, here's, Schiff is just such, I almost said Peter Schiff, Adam Schiff, I'm sorry, Peter Schiff is the good one. Um, Adam Schiff is just such a liar. It's just such bullshit. And I don't even know if he knows, because it's not their job to know about anything, as I've pointed out before. They're, these guys just don't know stuff. But this thing where you go, oh, women have to work so much harder than men. Women have to work more hours just to make the same as a man. So do you know what he's, what, it's just so dishonest. There's, you could not find a more dishonest version of playing with statistics. So in other words, the way they get this wage gap number where they say women make 77 cents or 78 cents to the dollar that men make is you just go, you just look at what women get paid on average versus what men get paid on average. And you don't control for anything. And the biggest single factor to control for is hours worked because men work more hours than women on average. 
And so that's a huge, that's like the number one contributor of why they make more. It's because they work more, right? So it's like, if I worked, whatever, if I worked 10 hours, just keep the numbers simple. If I worked 10 hours a week and I made $100 a week and you worked eight hours a week and you made $80 a week, we'd look, they'd look at that number and go, look, Rob only makes 80 cents to the dollar that Dave makes. But of course you can see in that example, we're getting paid exactly the same. We're getting paid exactly the same. It's just, I worked a couple more hours that week and you didn't. So then Schiff is going to take that number and go, well, because it's 80 to a dollar, that demonstrates that Rob has to work even longer just to get paid the same as Dave. But you see how dishonest that is playing yeah. with the numbers. It's like, no, you don't have to work. To, you have to work the same. You'd have to work the same. This gap would go away if you worked the same. And that's basically what it all comes down to factoring in. Also, women oftentimes take time out of the workforce to go start a family. But think about this, like, because this is it, there's something about like the whole notion of equality is so sick. It really is. And this is what, like, as, as Murray Rothbard called egalitarianism, a revolt against nature. It's like the best way to put it. Um, but because think about what the conclusion is at the end here is that you go, oh, okay, so what? So we have this gap, meaning there are differences. And these are differences made. This is not, we don't live in a society where women are barred from the workforce. In fact, as Bill Maher points out, it's illegal and it's been illegal since I believe 1968 to pay women less for the same job. But we don't live in a world where any company legally can do that. They can't come in and say, hey, we're hiring for this job. But if a woman gets it, we're going to pay you less than if a man gets it. They can't do that. We live in a world where every cultural, um, uh, I'd say every cultural incentive is, is telling women to go out into the workforce that, that that's what, you know, be boss bitch or whatever. Then, you know, that's kind of like all the female, um, you know, like role models are women who work. Nobody ever just like praises like the full-time moms. Cause I guess that's not as important as working in a cubicle or something like that, serving a corporate, you know, you know, you don't want to be subservient to your husband. So go have a corporate boss. <laughs> Somehow that's better. But look, what you have is a result of people making decisions on what they want to do. And then you have people like this coming along and saying, no, 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 that's bad. We need them to be making the decisions we want them to make. And what's the ultimate conclusion of that? Well, the real problem is that childcare is expensive. And so we have to make childcare cheaper. So that's the goal. The goal is to make sure these women aren't raising their kids. Have a stranger raise their kids. That's the solution. That way we can get taxable income out of them. And don't get it twisted. That's what it's all about. That's why congressmen care about this. It's because, he, hey, look, here's the deal from the perspective of government. If a mother is staying home and raising her kids, and the father is working to provide for them, well, then you have one taxable income, the father's. You're not taxing the mother for the work she's doing. And believe me, as someone who is married to a full-time mom, it's a lot of work, especially when you got multiple kids involved. It's a lot of work. Um, it's not easy, but it's not taxable. But if the woman 
goes out into the workforce, well, that is taxable. And if she hires uh, someone for childcare, well, that work is now also taxable. So now instead of getting one taxable income, you get three. That's why government likes promoting this. That's what's in it for them. However, normal people with any shred of decency can go, wait a minute. So you're trying to craft policy to get parents out of the business of raising their kids? First off, that's just like horrifically wrong. And second of all, it's not, doesn't sound like it's going to be very good for society. Really, All in the uh, name of things should be equal. They should go the other way and it should be a socialized government policy that men should be paid more so that mm -hmm. one, you, it, it's easier to have a single parent income. And yeah. two, so many women like having a man that makes more than them. So if government forced men to make more, it'd be so much easier for all these women to go out and get married and find the husbands of their dreams. Well, there you go. No, it's, look, I mean, it's also, and this is why what a lot of women um, wake up to realize is that this kind of feminism, which is embraced by government for the, a lot of reasons, but one of the ones I just laid out, um, but that it's just like, it's just this false promise. And they end up realizing that as they get older, that it's just like, oh yeah, none of this is real. And the the fact that like being a mother is a, is a challenging enough job, but the idea that like, if you were to go to work then somehow that job is going to be outsourced or you're not still going to carry the brunt of that is just not, it's just not right. So I was at a, at the stand the other day and Alex was on a speakerphone with Mike Harrington, our two good friends. Um, and they're married and have a, an adorable little baby. And Harrington was back with the kid and she was recording, you know, she was, she's the producer on a, <clears throat> on Legion of Skanks. And they were just on the phone. And I don't even know what they were talking about. I don't know what it was. But Harrington was basically, like, it was the most like mom and dad having a conversation. What, Harrington was trying to breastfeed and looking for instructions. <laughs> yeah. I can't figure it out. He goes, the kid don't want none. No, but he's, uh, so Harrington's literally just going, I, again, I don't even know what they were talking about, but he's like, where's the so-and-so I was just, was, I checked over here and I wasn't upstairs and blah, blah. And she's like, you have to go to the dresser. It's not the dresser in, in your room. It's the dresser in the baby's room. It's the bottom drawer on the left and way in the back of the bottom, just like the most typical conversation between a mom and a dad. And I just leaned over and I said, doesn't it sound to everyone? Like it would just be easier for Alex to do it herself. <laughs> Doesn't it just, you're just having that moment where you're like, I mean, you got, you know where it is and he doesn't. So like, maybe you just go to it yourself, but that's always just looks, man. If you think you're going to legislate that away, good luck. Good luck with that. Anyway, no, no offense to Alex and Harrington. They're doing a great job. All right. That's our show for today. Uh, comicdavesmith.com for all of me and Rob's, uh, upcoming shows. There's a lot of them. So go check it out. Comic Dave Smith. We're coming all around the country. And of course, Robbie, the fire Bernstein for all of Rob's headlining, uh, dates, run your mouth, Rob's other podcast. Go check that out if you haven't already. And we will see you guys next time. Peace. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.